first I gotta buy me some new feet because I keep stepping out of bounds. But uh, I'm uh, first of all I'm thankful, you know what I'm saying, for the ball to even come my way, you know, uh, for plays for me to make even make plays, you know, and uh, you know I, I can't really be mad, you know, what I'm saying those are my mistakes, you know. Um, I just have to uh, sharpen up, you know, sharpen my tools and you know pay attention where I'm at, you know, and, and finish the play. That's Tennessee safety Nigel Warrior. He's talking about his pick six that uh, was nullified when he stepped out of bounds barely. He had another pick six that was nullified earlier this year. Uh, but uh, I think he's playing his best football. He's like had like a six or so game stretch where he's played really good football. Welcome back to Sunday Sports Sound, all brought to you by Window Works. I'm Jimmy Himes along with Tim Irwin. Tim, your thoughts on the way Nigel Warrior's playing? Much better. Much more intelligent. Seems to be in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. Uh, ball hawking out there, aggressive. Uh, pretty much everything you'd like to see in an upperclassman defensive back. A big improvement from last year to this year. Let's go back to the phones where our next caller is David. David, you're on Sports Sound Off. Good morning, Timmy and Jim. How are you folks morning, today? Morning. Doing fine, thanks. Uh, an observation and then kind of a statement about the potential uh, renovations. Um, so uh, prior to yesterday, my personal opinion was one of the opportunities that uh, Garantano had to improve was taking advantage of running. Uh, you know, when he came out of high school, I was under the impression, you know, he was a dual threat quarterback, and he really didn't uh, run a whole lot. Now, I was of the personal opinion he was afraid to. Uh, sure, that's not accurate. Yesterday, however, was the first time that I can recall uh, during his tenure here that he ran and looked confident in his running and even showed some elusiveness. And I I wanted both of your opinion on that after I hang up. And uh, that, to me, is uh, very positive, especially coming into these last two games, because when he does, I, I just felt like defense has never had to account for him leaving the pocket no matter what, which gave them a one person advantage. Yesterday, though, when he started running, that takes that one-person advantage away, and and I, I like the fact that he's doing that. So just want both of your thoughts on that. Uh, back to the renovation, and, and this is, to me, a very difficult subject matter for a lot of different people. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a traditionalist also, and I like the fact that we have a 100,000-seat stadium. The question becomes is how do you do that and at the same time compete against uh, you know, the ability to stay at home, you know, watch TV, not have to worry about, you know, standing in a trough in the bathroom if you're downstairs or, uh, you know, if you're up in the terrace, you, you don't have some of those options where, you know, the seating is a lot better, but the cost is substantially higher. How do you balance keeping, uh, you know, and I'm just going to use myself as an example, me sitting you know, in a section where I'm having to sit on a bench, or even if you sit in one of those seats, you know, with a back on it, it's just not as comfortable as it would be sitting in a terrace seat, okay? Now, I understand you can't make the whole stadium terrace seats and, 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 and you know, have certain kind of rates, and I'm not – I don't want to see us go corporate either. But how do you – you know, there's not an answer to this, really. How do you balance – maintaining your tradition at the same time making sure your seating is comfortable and at the same time you know having updated bathrooms and that kind of things that i would think are mandatory you need to have those they're they're not an option not to do uh so just your thoughts on those uh always enjoy your show have a great day guys okay thanks david uh let's start with jerry garantano i mentioned earlier that this is the first time i remember his legs making a huge difference in tennessee winning a football game 
the third and 10 scramble on the uh, touchdown drive to start the third quarter, and then late in the game when he ran for 10 or so yards to pick up the first down to seal the game. Right. Tim, your your thoughts on his – he's he's not the runner I thought he would be as a dual threat coming out of high school. He's not a stiff back there, but he doesn't run it as well as I thought he might. But your, your thoughts on Garantano? He looked pretty nifty, and I think yesterday was a perfect time for him to do that. Uh, they didn't seem to be bringing a lot of extra unpicked up guys. It seemed like the times that he did run was after he'd surveyed the field and couldn't find anybody. It wasn't like he took off and ran right away. Um, thought he made two real good decisions, and he didn't slide early. <laughs> yeah. If he'd yeah. have slid early on one of those two runs and not pick up that first down, I would have blown a gasket. Uh, I would have blown a gasket if he'd slid early. Uh, I have a hard time. That, that play sticks in my craw. A few from a few weeks ago. Georgia State season opener. Yeah, I think yeah. if he gets first down there and Tennessee goes down and scores, they beat Georgia State. I'm not so sure that you weren't correct, but uh, it's uh, it's hard not to remember those bad things. But I thought uh, no, I thought his legs he looked good. As to what the caller uh, said, I agree. You need all those things, uh, but let's do it when we can pay cash for it. I mean, it's been that way for. However long Neyland Stadium's been there, let's do it when we can pay cash for it. Just don't go into a bunch of debt right now and and uh, maybe renovate it part at a time. I don't know if we have to do it all at once. Structurally, I'm sure somebody will come out and, and tell me what I'm saying is wrong. Uh, it's just the way I feel right now. I've seen enough construction at the University of Tennessee to last me a few years. The... Um... The budget is $180 million that is that all? previously approved by the board. $180 for, million? For this phase. Yeah, so it, it's uh, – uh, and I had some boosters that have been involved with donating that said they had been told that Tennessee did not have the money to proceed with the project a while back. The, the goal was to get this renovation completed. One of the goals years ago – in year 2021, which would be the 100-year anniversary. That's what they were shooting for. I think right now it's going to be hard to get there with that. So we'll see. Uh, let's hear from Daniel Batuli. What a great game he had. Tennessee linebacker, 19 tackles. He was involved on that key stop late in the game. He and uh, Jaquan Barkley stopped Lynn Bowden on that fourth and two goal-to-goal situation. Uh, post-game, here comments from Daniel Batuli. We're just really happy to come out here with the win. How about the, the goal line stand? We got 19 times. <laughs> you know, none bigger than the one at the end. Oh, yes, sir. You know, at the end of the day, they can move down the field as much as possible, but our goal is to keep them from uh, go, getting into that end zone, and we did that. So I'm proud of my team. We saw you after that tackle on the fourth down, you know, goal line stand, just kind of having a moment with yourself of, like, it was emotional, right? Yes, you know, how much emotion do you play with and what was going through your head on, on that stop? You know, for, football is my first love. I'm very, very passionate about this game. Uh, I love it. And uh, every time I go out there, I'm going to play with my heart out, and y'all see that each and every game. Jeremy Pruitt said he couldn't say enough nice things about you, saying that he wants everybody to play like you, to be like you. What's your response to that? You know, any compliment from Coach Pruitt, <laughs> you really appreciate it. You, you don't get it much because he's so hard on us, and he's supposed to be so. Any compliment from Coach Pruitt saying that after coaching 
Uh, so many great players. Uh, really means a lot. It really does. What's a win like this say about the character of this team, and not just tonight, but the way you started off one and four, now you're four and one in your last five. Just, you know, what does it say about the makeup of the guys in this team? We're resilient. We're a family. You know, when the, when the world was against us at the start of the season, uh, we, we stayed close. We motivated each other. We stayed in each other's uh, ears, just, uh, just trying to get guys' heads up. And because of that, uh, we're getting the outcome that we're getting right now. We're winning games, and uh, in order to win these next next two games that are coming up, we got to do the same thing. Just follow Coach Pruitt's lead. He knows what he's doing. We all know his track record, record and we plan on doing that. Coach Pruitt mentioned that you guys were five five same thing last year at this point. Yes, How much do you think that's going to be a, re- a reminder throughout the open week that you can't you know, end the season like you did last year? Uh, don't be content. You know, we were content last year, and uh, we saw what happened. So we just got to come in into this week, get our rest for this bye week, and really just start to prep for uh, this upcoming game and take each and every practice seriously. And uh, if we do that, uh, we'll get the same outcome we did this week. Daniel, we came in on the tail end. Talk about this defense. After getting hit hard early, you guys really settled in, bent a little bit, but really didn't break, especially when it mattered at the end. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, it's, it's Kentucky. They're a great SEC team. We knew that they'd come out here and, uh, play their heart out, and they did that. Uh, they got their plays, but uh, we just put on more steam at the end of the day. Uh, they got theirs, and we just uh, went on the sideline, adjusted, listened to Coach Pruitt and uh, Coach Anson, the adjustments they made on the sideline, and just applied it out there on the field and because we got that win. Yeah, I don't know what it was like. How you guys able to hold the edge in the second half compared to some of the issues Kentucky presented you guys in the first half getting into that? It's mano y mano. You know, at the end of the day, if somebody's going to run the ball, it's you against somebody else. You can't, we can't have any one-for-ones. Uh, we got to get off blocks and make tackles, and we did that. Just kind of take you back to playing Georgia Tech, almost a similar triple option type offense from a couple of years ago. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. That, number one is he's a great player, really elusive. Uh, so, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we're on the field for a long time, man, on defense tonight. Is this a game where it feels like you got 19 tackles? Or, you know, when you saw that stat, was that a surprise? Uh, I, I, I just heard about it when I came in here, so I, I honestly didn't know I had that much. So I was just trying to stop them from getting the touchdown. I want to know what it was like. Tennessee linebacker Daniel Batula. Of course, he had like 23 against Georgia Tech in that uh, opener a couple of years ago. So Daniel Batuli, uh turned into an excellent player. Uh, we... I also think if he'd have been available in game one, Tennessee had a great chance to win it because I don't think they'd have made as many mistakes in the run game stopping Georgia State as they did without him. Let's go back to the phones where our next caller is Tom. Tom, you're on with Tim Irwin. Hey, Jimmy, Tim. Good morning. How you guys doing? Doing fine, thanks. Good morning. Hey, Jimmy, good game, Tennessee, last night. Uh, you know, I think Tennessee fans, you, you've seen what you needed to see this year, improvement from day one or first couple games. Uh, Garantano looked good. Some great catches by the wide receivers. Defense stepped up. And I think that's what you can ask for. All you can ask for is after Georgia State and BYU, man, you could have folded your tents. You got better. And uh, now they're going to go to a bowl game. And who know, And who would have thought that after the first two games? So kudos to Vols and their coaching staff for uh, continuing to work hard. Uh, but, Jimmy, i got to ask you, man, the game of the century yesterday certainly lived up to its billing. Oh, I thought it was a terrific game. LSU 46, Alabama 41. LSU led 33-13 to 13 at halftime. Uh, Joe Burrow was terrific. Tua Tungvaloa didn't play that well early. Uh, he just seemed rusty, wasn't moving that well. Uh, just fumbled a ball one time when he was running when nobody hit him. 
Uh, but then every time it seemed like LSU would score, I mean, when Alabama would score to, to cut the margin, LSU had an answer. And, uh, Tim, I thought the Edward Solaire, the running back at LSU, was, was phenomenal yesterday. I also thought uh, Alabama had two uncharacteristic uncharac- mistakes uh, that really, really hurt them. And you mentioned one, the uh, – um, to his fumble, yeah, and yeah. then the punt. Uh, the uh, well, actually, they had a punt return that got him back yeah. in the game. But I thought, uh, but the other play I thought was really problematic for Alabama was so LSU scores with maybe twenty-seven seconds left in the half. Right, Alabama gets it, throws a pick. Right, and then LSU throws a touchdown pass. Oh, I mean, the turnovers were just uncharacteristic of an Alabama team. And I got to lay part of that off on his leg. I'm going to tell you, when the ball leaves his hands, when he's in the pocket and the ball leaves his hands and it gets the receiver so quick and right right on target, it makes you sit up and take notice. If he gets this ankle straightened out like the other one appears to be, he's still my number one draft choice If when he whenever he comes out. His accuracy is uncanny. It's just, yeah, it's bizarre. Yeah, he, Jerry Judy also dropped two potential touchdown passes. He did. He did, uh, boy. He can get he can get open. Though. He sure, yeah, he sure wow. can. <laughs> he's got some. He's got yeah. some shake and bake to him. Tom, another great game I thought was uh, Minnesota's win over Penn State. Golden Gophers, baby. Yeah, yeah. they they're revved up. They were laying a trap for those Nittany Lions. First nine and zero start since nineteen oh four. I think is what they said. They used to be well, a power. Great coach PJ Fleck has done a great job there for sure. He has absolutely. Yeah, that's a good football team. All right, Tom. Enjoy, enjoy the rest of your day, guys. Great show. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Let's go to David. David, you're on Sports Sound Off. Good morning, gentlemen. At the first of the year, I thought Tess would go 4 and 8. I was wrong. I think they'll make the bowl game. And I think JG played a great game. Y'all have a good day. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, David. Uh, of course, Tennessee's 5 and 5. Last year, they were 5 and 5 and just played poorly against Missouri and Vanderbilt. I don't think this team has that makeup. I would be shocked if Tennessee doesn't go to Missouri and have a chance to win. Missouri's blown them out the last two years. I think they'll have a chance to beat Missouri. I think they will beat Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's horrible right now. They lost 56 nothing to, to uh, Florida. I would be, um, I'd be shocked if Tennessee can't beat Vanderbilt this year. Florida's pretty good now, Jimmy. They are. At, uh, it'll help us when we go to Missouri. I mean, Drew Locke and the talented seniors he was throwing to, they're not there. Right, and that helps a bunch. I don't know what kind of shape their quarterback's been in. He's been in and out. Uh, of course, he's a big time transfer. Came in there and was supposed to be setting the world on fire, but he's been hurt some and in and out of games. And uh, having to play against Florida before they play Tennessee will not hurt Tennessee's chances at all. So I mean, I'm looking for good things. We get a week's rest. We go on the road. We just got to start earlier. We can't wait to start the game one quarter deep into it like we did against Kentucky. Kelly Bryant is the starting quarterback for Missouri that you're talking about, the Clemson transfer. He was a game-time decision yesterday against Georgia. He did not play. I don't know if there's been any upgrade regarding that. Another thing about Missouri uh, is Missouri's one win from being bowl eligible also. I think that's right. Let me double-check that. And But they have not been cleared to participate in a bowl game yet. Uh, they had a tutor issue, and so the NCAA banned it from postseason. Missouri appeal. Missouri expected to hear that answer in late September, 
And they didn't hear in September. They didn't hear in October. Surely the NCAA will let them know something in November about whether they're going to be bowl eligible or not. So we will we will see what transpires with that situation. Uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and work in another caller ahead of a break, and that would be Daryl. Daryl, you're on Sports Sound Off. Hey, good morning, Judge and Jimmy. Um, growing up on the border with Kentucky, this game is always important to us that uh, do that, and. Uh, the way the the way the game went, and I I'm really should be ashamed to mention this, Judge, but I didn't know we won till five thirty this morning. I cut the game off when they were at the goal line. I just couldn't take it, and I got up and turned it on. And and man, uh, Henry Toa Toa and uh, Blakely at defensive end and uh, uh, Batuli making those stops at the goal line. That was just that was so great. I, I rejoice in it. Question I've got for you. Uh, we was talking about all the different plays of the game, and you may have mentioned this, and I just missed it. Uh, did, did you all catch the extra point that Samaglia got in there off the uh, the bad snap, but the but the holder got it down? He just snuck it in there, but, but if he hadn't, uh, we might have went into overtime last night. I'll let you all talk about that. Uh, have a great day. Go ball. Okay, thanks, Daryl. No, we did not talk about that. But we all saw it, yeah. and it was a good job uh, getting the ball down and it looked like he had it uh, hitch a little bit, uh, but he was able to get enough contact and just sneak it inside the left upright. Turned out to be a huge play. Um, we make one that maybe we're not supposed to, and we block one of theirs. So, I mean, that's that's, uh, that's like had a big implication. I mean, if they yeah. could have kicked a field goal several times, they would have. Yeah. Several times they would have. But kicking a field goal with them is a 50-50 proposition at best even a close one because they've been struggling to make extra points their kicking game was really in the toilet their punting game's good but their kick kicking game was really in the toilet uh you know that's a strange uh, it's always a strange game you can bet the house when tennessee plays kentucky that it's going to be cold you can bet the house on that and it was and you can bet the house it's there's going to be some weirdness <laughs> to that football game it could be a blowout one way or the other, but it's going to be weird. Uh, when we beat them 30 to nothing last year, that was weird. We weren't supposed to beat that team. Uh, yesterday, when they were dominating the first quarter, we couldn't even get our hands on the football. I mean, that wasn't supposed to happen. We're supposed to take a one-dimensional team like that and turn them inside out. Uh, those That game has always had some strange, strange uh, connotations. I remember I went up there and watched uh, – Big boy playing quarterback for him. What was Jared? Jared Lorenzo. J-Load, they called him. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't, how many overtimes that game went into that one year? I was up in Kentucky watching it. Five or six. Five it? or six overtime. I mean, it's just been a strange, yeah. strange uh, series. But it seemed like we've always just kind of had their number. I hope we keep it. You know, uh, I was not on some good football teams. But I am proud to say that I never lost to Kentucky or Vanderbilt. And I hope these freshmen that are at the University of Tennessee right now can say that when they leave there. Yeah, that Kentucky team last year was ranked number 11, as high as number 11 before Tennessee beat them 24-7. And, and Tennessee dominated them. They, oh, they yeah. whipped them. Whipped them on the line of scrimmage. So, And when we come back, we will have more. We're brought to you by Window Works. Window Works offers financing up to 10 years. With Tim Irwin, I'm Jimmy Himes. You're listening to Sunday Sports Sound Off. Feels good, yeah. uh, especially as a senior. You know, um, I'm thankful for my teammates. You know, uh, 
young guys, you know, guys my age. I'm, I'm thankful for everybody because, you know, we all pouring our heart out to even go out there and play football, you know. Uh, this game, you know, it showed us a lot. You know, it showed us a lot about who we are, you know what I'm saying, and, and what what we are capable to do. Capable to do. So uh, I'm thankful, you know. I'm, 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 I love my guys, man. That is Nigel Warrior, and uh, talks about what it means to be a part of this team uh, at the, the now is uh, one win away from getting to a bowl game. I was so impressed, and I believe it was Nigel that did this. It happened quick, but he ran through a blocker and yes. just crushed a guy on the outside. Yeah. And I thought, man, you look like your dad when you're doing stuff like that. That was that was, that play fired me up. What a great play! And it wasn't a little guy that he was tackling either. He ran through the blocker, tackled the back on the corner one-on-one, and it was beautiful. That was number 18. Yeah. Yep, that's who it was. That was a great play. Uh, if you want to join us, 656-9900, 1-866-656-9900. Let's go to Fage. Fage, you're on Sports Sound Off. Good morning, guys. Uh, somebody's called in on this. I didn't hear the whole show. I apologize, but I'm just calling in about the uh, – Multiple times that they put up there that Fulmer was 17-0 against Kentucky. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure in 92 that Majors was still the coach for the U.K. game. Is that not true? Uh, yes, because Majors was not the coach for the first four games that year. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know all that. I know the scenario. That's the reason I'm calling in. Well, they, I'm, they had it wrong. I'm talking it through so people understand it. So Majors uh, was not there the first four games. Then May, uh, Majors came back, coached the rest of the season, was let go but still coached. Uh, and it was at the Memphis game when he was let go. Uh, so, yes, uh, I believe you're right. Yeah, so they, they put that up there about three or four times incorrectly. And I guess it's a, a function of – UT's disingenuous thing where they always said Fulmer was a coach for 17 years, and that's not really correct. 16 and a half? Well, it's kind of what 16 in one game. He was the head coach for the BC Bowl game, and that was pretty much it. Well, he was, he, was a, he was a, basically the interim head coach for the first four games. I, I understand that. So that's five I, games. I'm aware that's of that, about but half that's of the not season. the head coach. Okay, if you want to be picky, that's fine. Well, let's get it. If they're going to put it on national television, they need to get it correct. I think the sixteen and zero, you would be correct on that. Yeah. All right then. Okay. Bye. Okay. Let's go to David. David, you're on Sports Sound Off. Hey, David. Well, let's go to Ben. Ben, you're on Sports Sound Off. Hey guys, thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. I uh, got a question about the um, college football rankings. I kind of want to get your thoughts on. Um, so Penn State losing kind of takes care of that. That gets it out of the way. But if you're the committee um, with LSU and Alabama, what do you do with Alabama now? Where do you think they fall in the rankings? That's a really good question. Um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't have Ohio State number one in the first place. It'd be LSU. So that's one thing I would right. do. Uh, I'd probably have Ohio State two, Clemson three. Who is number four? Um, Alabama. Well, you got a lot of undefeateds left out there too, Jimmy. 
None you, of them in that caliber. I, Alabama, Georgia, and uh, I think those would have to get some traction. Both those schools. Uh, and this one, uh, Georgia has a loss to South Carolina. Still undefeated. I'm sorry. Uh, I was saying I think Baylor's still undefeated, and yeah, they play Oklahoma, they, so that'll be Baylor's undefeated, and they've had a, a, a horrible schedule. Their non-conference right. opponents going into this weekend had won four games. So that's on Baylor for a bad schedule. Also, I've watched them play. They're, they couldn't stay with Alabama or Penn State, in my opinion. Right. Uh, they trailed yeah. every – they never led in the game that they won yesterday except in overtime. They were down 9 nothing, 9-3, 9-6, tied it on a field goal on maybe right. the last play of the game, got into overtime, trailed in overtime, but won it. Uh, I give them credit for being nine and zero, but they don't deserve to be in the uh, in this conversation with Alabama, right. or Penn State, or Georgia. In my opinion, Minnesota, they beat Penn State. Good football team. Not 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 top four. I agree. Not top six either. I wouldn't. No. Um, so I would I would probably go Alabama four, Georgia five. Georgia's loss to South Carolina is worse than Penn State's loss to Minnesota because Minnesota's good, and South Carolina has a losing right. record. Yeah, but Georgia beat Florida. Beat Florida, beat right. Notre Dame. Beat Notre Dame. Yeah, I, that, Georgia's got better wins. That, that App State loss didn't make it any better. No. The loss to South Carolina. Correct. That, so, uh, um, that's what you do if you're an athletic director. I'll tell you right now, one thing you do, you never schedule App State if you're a big school. You just don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> they about got Tennessee a few years ago. Oh, I'm gonna tell you what overtime. those boys—they don't—they don't mess around up there. That's a—that's a proud they, tradition. They're giant killers. They definitely get up for big games for sure. Yeah. Um, I was just kind of curious as what you guys thought because then none of the big three played. Clemson played. They won and dropped a five. Looked angry. Sure. Clemson looked angry yesterday. Man, they would put it on North Carolina oh, State. Yeah. Yeah. It was at least 42 right. to nothing at one point. Yeah. I appreciate it, guys. Okay, well, good Thank question, you. Ben. Thank you. Appreciate the call. Let's go to Walker. Walker, you're on Sports Sound Off. Hey, Jimmy ATM. How's it going this morning? Fine, good Walker. Morning. Hey, pretty good. I, uh, I just want to talk a little bit about uh, Nigel Warrior, man. I went up to the game last night, got back pretty late. But, man, I just could not say enough about him. I thought he had a huge game. Uh, we really got pretty excited, you know, obviously that pick six he had. and I kind of felt like that, you know, that getting called back, I I really couldn't tell that he stepped out watching at the stadium. Of course, you know, they didn't want to replay it too much on the, the big screen there. But uh, what did you guys think about as far as that getting called back and then us not scoring on that drive as far as being a momentum killer? Because that seemed like it really took a lot of wind out of our sails. And, uh, anyway, I'll hang up and let you guys talk. I appreciate it. Okay, Walker, thank you. Um... Tim, I thought he stepped out. I, I thought it was I thought, close. I but. thought it was he was right against it. I could not tell if he was over it or just against it. It looked like the front part of his shoe, there was a sliver of green, but you couldn't see the green continue up the side of the shoe. I thought that play and then the uh, kneel down touchdown uh, where we – had a catch, I think it was uh oh, was Josh it? Palmer. Josh Palmer. Yeah. I, I and I'm not clear on this. I was gonna ask you about this this morning. I thought his knee was down initially, but as the ball was getting there, he had started to bring it up. 
Uh, it was really close. It was cl- both those plays were hairline, and both of them went against Tennessee. And it was so frustrating because I felt like we had the better team and we figured things out, but we kept having to do everything twice. And of course, the uh, return on the touchdown was huge because we never got in the end zone after that one. Right. Uh, but I was, uh, I, I thought those were real blows, real momentum blows when they reversed both those calls, and I was. Uh, real happy with the team's effort after those. Um, I mean, both of them were still positive plays for Tennessee, but they weren't as big as they could have been. Either one of them would have buried Kentucky. Either one of them would have buried them. I, I can't understand how we had so many guys running down so open, and yet when we seemed to get towards the end zone, I mean, both those catches that Callaway made were hotly contested. Yeah. He wasn't open at all. And yet when we're 30 yards out and we throw, it looked like everybody just ran, everybody just took off and they didn't cover anyone. Looked to me like on the touchdown that got called back by us not covering up the tight end, it looked like on that play we could hit three different guys for touchdown. It looked like they didn't know what they were doing. Looked like uh, It looked like, I hate to say this, it looked like Tennessee against BYU in Tennessee's prevent. Uh, but they were unorganized in their pass defense yesterday. Yeah. And uh, JG took advantage of it early on and turned that game around. Yeah, I think that uh, was that Dominic Wood Anderson on the where he was wide open and caught it, and they nullified it on the ineligible receiver. Yeah, down yeah, the field. it was it was Pope that that was called for the penalty, but it Correct. wasn't his fault. Correct. He didn't the run. They split the running back out. Correct. And he covered him up instead of being a yard back, and uh, was a bad mistake. I mean, we made some horrible mistakes. Getting into skirmishes and costing us 15-yard penalties, having 12 men on the field uh, after a timeout. I mean, we did some really stupid things to keep Kentucky around, and they took advantage of them. They gave – if you'd have told me they could only throw what – how many passes they throw the whole, whole day? Seven. Seven passes and that they could stay with Tennessee. It reminds me of the game we lost – when they did that, they had a basically a receiver playing quarterback, and we lost ten to nine here. Was it ten to nine? It was ten to seven in Lexington. Ten to seven in Le- yeah, yeah, I mean two thousand eleven. Yeah, it reminds me a little yeah. bit of that game. I mean, yeah. we got to be able to stop those one dimensional teams. Uh, but I was very proud of our effort and our goal line stand. And I just can't stand many more games like that. I <laughs> thought I was going to have a coronary. The way things were going late in that ball game, it took me forever to fall asleep last night. And I know there's a bunch of Tennessee fans that were <laughs> right out there. Some of them are probably catching up on their sleep this morning. Uh, but what a uh, what a great! Like I said, Tennessee plays Kentucky. It's going to be cold, and weird things are going to happen in that ball game. That's Tim Irwin. I'm Jimmy Himes. We are brought to you by Window Works. Uh, Window Works, uh, the right products for every home and budget. When we come back. We will have more. You're listening to Sunday Sports Sound Off. My teammates call me the sixth man, which is pretty funny, so I guess I am the closer. But uh, going into halftime, I didn't I didn't expect to play. And Coach Brewer said that he wanted to give me a shot. And I just wanted to go out there and execute for the team and the offense and go out there and get a win for us. Tennessee quarterback Jarrett Garantano coming off the bench starting the second half. Completed his first seven passes, 115 yards, two touchdowns, sparking Tennessee to the 17-13 win over Kentucky. Tennessee's 33rd win in the last 35 outings against the Wildcats. Welcome back to Sunday Sports Soundoff with Tim Irwin. I'm Jimmy Himes. 
Let's hear more from Jared Garantano. Uh, he was asked what was said at halftime and what was the discussion like when uh, you needed to, um, what you needed to do in the second half. No, nothing was really talked about. We just had to find a rhythm. We had to get going. The energy was a little down in the first half, and we just had to get some completions. We had to get going. And as soon as the second half came around, we really started to do that and started to execute. What was the locker room like, and what are the emotions the team went through? Season, obviously, how we wanted to. And, yeah, I mean, the emotions are very high right now. I mean, we, st- we didn't start the season, obviously, how we wanted to, and I, I would put the blame on myself on that one. Um, but being able to come get this win, it really means a lot. And we're right back where we were last year, crazily. I mean, we nobody expected that after the way we started. And But last year, we didn't finish too well. We have to really finish well these last two games and get to a bowl game. Garantano was asked, what have the last couple of weeks been like? Uh, really good. I, I I felt like I'm getting back into rhythm with things. I started the season off. I was a little confused with certain things, the, the offense, the defenses that they were throwing at me. And a long time, I really started to get comfortable with the offense. And we started getting get into these SEC games, and I played in a lot of them. I started to realize certain defenses. And I'm, I'm just happy that I'm able to get on a roll, and I'm happy the team's on a roll getting some wins. Does he like the idea of coming off the bench? Uh, it, do, it doesn't make a difference as long as we're winning. I'm okay with coming in second, third, first, fourth. If Jawan wants to go in there, but it doesn't really make a difference for me as long as we're winning at this point. What was his view of Tennessee's late game fourth down stop and his reaction? Well, our, our defense played lights out in the second half. Coach Pruitt really challenged them the first half, and for them to come out and step up like that, it, it was crazy. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't expect it. Nobody expected it. we were getting ready for two minute drill, and as soon as they got that stop, everybody was going crazy. We just knew that we had to burn the clock out and get a first down at that point. What happened on the exchange with Ty Chandler that caused the fumble with less than eight minutes left? Uh, it's, it's, it's probably my fault. I mean, I went to hand it off with two hands because I can't hand, hand it off with my left, and the ball probably got stuck to my hand, or it was a bad handle, but I, I would take the blame for that one. It's my fault. Also, Garantano, what was, was there a moment in, his, in your life where things were not going good and you were able to draw on during your tough stretch at Tennessee this year? No, this, is pro- this was probably one of the worst experiences of my life, to be honest, and being able to come forward and try to persevere through all of this meant a lot. Like I, tell, I told the coaches, like I've never been through something like this. I never felt like, like I did when I was playing, and to be able to get back to my old self, it feels pretty good. And I thank God and continuous prayers to him, and Hopefully we can continue doing what we're doing. What was the coach's response when Garantano told him he'd never been through anything like that? They, they, they still believe in me, and I really appreciate the way that they've done things. And Coach Pruitt, to this day, every single day that we have meetings, he's always telling me that he still believes in me. And I, I thank him every day for that because I, there's, some, there's a lot of people that don't believe in me, but as long as those guys in the locker room and my coaches do, it's really all that matters. How good did it feel to get that first down um, and uh, knowing that the game was over late? Yeah, I'm probably going to get yelled at for that a little excessive. But it's all good. Also from Garantano, what did he think about the defense's performance last night? Yeah, they they really, really, really played well in the second half. And coming into halftime, not, not much confidence with them just because of all the, all the things that they were doing. They were really getting a lot of third down completions and third down uh, conversions. And I really, really, really thought that they, they did a great job in the second half. They really persevered, and they got a lot of stops and was able to stop that Wildcat offense. When did Garantano find out who would be starting the second half? 
Towards the second quarter, uh, towards the second quarter, they started to hint some things and told me to get ready. And I was just like, no, we'll see it going into halftime. And then halftime, they came in and they shed it towards like maybe the final few minutes. So I had to go out there and get a little bit, a little blood flow. Comments from Tennessee quarterback Jared Garantano. Uh, Tim, I do remember this, that, that even when Garantano got benched earlier, Jeremy Pruitt said, look, this guy can still help us win some football games. And he certainly was able to do that last night against Kentucky. I don't think he's well physically. I don't think he can take a snap from center that can be trusted right now. And obviously he has trouble handling the he has to hand the ball off with both hands. You know, my hat's off to him for his toughness. No one can ever question uh Garantano's toughness. His decision making, yeah, we can question that sometimes. Does he have him in the right play? I mean, the goal line thing at Alabama, the interception against UAB before the half. I mean, what are you thinking out there, young man? But uh, when he's on, he's on. And uh, I was really proud of him yesterday. I was proud of his toughness and proud of the uh, team's reaction to him. I thought both coordinators made good adjustments after the half. We've said that many, many times. And I think it needs to be pointed out over and over again, the hiring of Jeremy Pruitt, took away one of Alabama's strengths, their defensive backs. I think that showed up some against LSU. Jeremy Pruitt not being there to run their defensive backfield. They get hurt Alabama by hiring Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee. I think it hurts Georgia by hiring Jim Chaney to run Tennessee's offense. So we got two coaches that were feared and respected, and we hurt two other programs by those hires. And that's I, my hat's off to Philip Fulmer for getting that done. I think that's going to be uh, nothing but positive in the future for Tennessee. I want to ask you about Trey Smith, and, and I wasn't aware of this until last night. But Cole Kubelik, who's the sideline reporter uh, for the SEC Network, he's a former offensive lineman at Auburn, mentioned that Trey Smith had not been cleared until August 28th. So we're aware of that. He said that Tennessee had been through about 54, 55 practices since then. Only two of those practices – has Trey Smith gone full contact? Yet he is able to play at the level that he's playing at, Tim. Whatever works for Trey, uh, he knows what to do. He's got the muscle memory for it. He showed his toughness. When I saw practice when he was a freshman and he came out there, and immediately my first question, who is that? As he looked like a man among boys as a freshman. And to me, he's had an all-SEC type year. I think he's really played well this year. Uh, I think that we're beat up and banged up a little bit up front at a couple of spots, but uh, Trey has certainly been a, dry, a bright spot. I think the other linemen look to him for his leadership and for his aggression and some of the off-the-field things he brings to the table. My hat's off to him, and I hope uh, – I mean, I think we got some SEC-caliber performers. Uh, first or second team for sure, we got Trey, I think Batuli mm -hmm. unquestionably, I think Jennings and I think Callaway all should get nods. And, you know, our defensive backs have been one of the most improved areas in the team. I don't know which one you give the postseason accolades to, but as a group, they have been so much better. And my hat's off to Jeremy Pruitt, his defensive backfield coach, and his coordinator for getting those guys on the same page. It's made a big difference. Tennessee entered the game last night leading the SEC with 13 interceptions. They got one last night, so they're now at 14. So that's uh, And they had eight last year. 
Yeah, so I mean, they're, improvement. but they know where they're supposed to be, mm-hmm. and they're tackling. And wow, what a difference that makes! It keeps us in ball games. It uh, it's uh, not giving up those big play, quick scores keeps us in the game. That's Tim Irwin. When we come back, we'll hear more from Tennessee players. We'll go through some SEC scores, and we'll talk about Tennessee's next matchup. We are brought to you by Window Works, A plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You're listening to Sunday Sports Sound Off. No, nah, I missed the eighth one, so I don't really care about the first seven. I, it was the eighth one was a third down and long, and I should have hit Dom, but I uh, back shouldered the throw under threw him. So I'm not, I'm not really too concerned about the seven for seven. That's Jerry Garantano when asked what it was like completing his first seven passes of the second half. Welcome back to Sunday Sports Sound Off. I'm Jimmy Himes along with Tim Irwin. Uh, let's hear from a couple more players, one being Marquez Calloway. Four catches, 103 yards, had a touchdown as well. He was asked about Jerry Garantano coming off the bench again and getting it done. What about this guy over here coming off the bench again? JG coming off the bench again and, and getting it done. Yeah, JG um, is a hell of a football player mentally and physically. So, you know, he went out there and played this game. I had no doubt in my mind that he wasn't going to get the top. The, pass, the passing game was really big for y'all in the second half. Was that something that was talked about at halftime, getting the passing game going? And what do you think was making it work against Kentucky's defense? Um, Coach, um, Coach C tells us, you know, make our plays, you know, um, Coach Chaney, all, basically all the offense tells us, you know, whether that's the line to make their blocks, quarterbacks and running backs make their reads and receivers make their plays, whether that's receiving, blocking, rushing, whatever they ask us to do. So when the ball comes our way, we try to do what we can to make the, um, make it easier for our offense and for our team. Well, sorry, I just got in here. Looked like you rustled that ball away for that score there in the end zone. Looked like it might have tried to go back shoulder, but you just went up there and made a play. Talk, talk to me about what you were, were you doing throughout that process. Um, we knew um, we was a lot bigger. We was bigger than their secondary, so we tried to use that to our advantage. So whether that's just putting the ball up so we can fight for it, our back shoulder in it, whatever, basically whatever the quarterback seems fit. So we just went out there and adjusted to whatever we needed to. Do you think this team's mindset has changed to where you guys have responded differently in a situation like tonight where you're down 13 early? I mean, do you think you would have had that response earlier in the season, or is, have you gotten more confidence kind of to, to be able to rebound from that? I think we still would have, you know, tried to do what we did now. Obviously. Um, since we've been through on this little long journey that we've been on, obviously our confidence has gotten better. Our trust has gotten better as an offense. So I think it would have been the same. You know, we would do what we had to do, find a way to win. That's Marquez Callaway. Now let's let's hear from Trey Smith, Tennessee starting left guard. Here are his comments after the Tennessee win. Yeah, it's gratifying, man. When you win this league, you know, anytime you get a win, this league is a great thing. You think you've gotten a lot better as a team? Yeah. Overcome, fighting through adversity and finding ways to persevere since the start of the season? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the first half, you know, it wasn't what we, uh, we pictured. It wasn't ideal. When we stuck together, we pulled out a win. Trey, what is it about Derek that he seems to be comfortable and successful coming off the bench? Um, Every game he does it. Yeah. Tonight, calm you guys down, get you guys going. Yeah, the man is just resilient. I mean, he's all he did. He's got a messed up hand right now. I mean, he's still leading us, charging the battle, you know what I mean? What do you think about that, that last run on third down that survives the game? Where it's pretty awesome. <laughs> I'm happy for him. Trey, what did you guys, I mean, besides the quarterback, I mean, you looked like you had a lot more life in the second half. I mean, what, yeah. what was different for you guys up front? Yeah, you know, I mean, once again, you know, they sort of controlled the first quarter. I mean, they had about 11 minutes on the clock total. Um, just come back, knowing that we're better than what we were playing, and that we had to go in and force our will. 
you guys say anything to Ty after the fumble? I'm sure he was relieved you guys ended up getting the win. Yeah, yeah, we kept him up, man. He's fine. Yeah, it was a simple mistake. That's Trey Smith. Now let's hear from Henry To'o To'o, Tennessee linebacker. What was the sideline like after the fumble exchange in those last eight minutes? I just, we had to get a stop. You know, that's all I thought in my head. Um, I knew that we were going to go out and, you know, bar next, like how Coach Pruitt told us. So, I mean, you know, we got a great group of guys on defense, and, you know, I love them, man. Nigel, everybody on the defense, you know, we really showed up. And, you know, just got to clean things up that we messed up on tonight. That's Henry T. Let's hear from Nigel Warrior. Same deal. What about that fumble exchange? What's going through your mind? It was kind of like it was too soon to happen, you know what I'm saying? Like we weren't expecting that to happen. So uh, sideline really was just, you know, got to buckle down and, and go play football, you know what I'm saying? You know, go bow our necks and, and, and really go out there and play football, you know. Tennessee safety, Nigel Warrior. SEC scores yesterday. We talked a little bit about LSU 46-41 over Alabama. That snapped Alabama's 31-game home winning streak. That was an SEC record. But LSU's got a 46-34 lead. There's a minute and a half left. And I'm thinking this game should be over. What the heck were they doing? They got a, they're playing press coverage, and Alabama throws an 85-yard touchdown pass over their head. What in the world is that? I have I, no idea. I have no idea. I, I, it blew my mind. I had to come back, to be honest with you. I'd already signed off on it. I had to come back and watch it on the replays. I I can't believe they let somebody get behind them like that. Just drop back, play his own whatever, let him complete some underneath stuff. And Dave Aranda gets paid like $2.5 million. That was just a dumb move on his part. All right, Georgia 27 nothing over Missouri. Appy State 20-17 to over South Carolina. Ole Miss 41-3 over New Mexico State. Western Kentucky 45, Arkansas 19. Arkansas has now played two teams from the Sunbelt Conference under Chad Morris. They've lost by a combined score of 89 to 36. North Texas was the other team. Florida 56 nothing over Vanderbilt. Tennessee takes on Missouri at Missouri. Missouri has scored 50 points each of the last two times against Tennessee. Tim, what are the keys for Tennessee against Missouri? A faster start, Jimmy. I think that's that's one thing, a faster start. Healing of uh JG's left hand. I think that's a key. Um, being able to run the ball better, I think we've got to run it, and let's try to get a little closer, and if not win the time of possession, I think that's the keys. I think uh, I think we'll play good, sound defense. Do you start Garantano? Yes, no question. I would too. He's played really well. I think he's earned that right. Um, Tim Irwin, I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. We'll look forward to seeing what happens after an open date. Yes, sir. Want to give out one shout to Rick Reckenbach. I know he loves it when uh, when Tennessee beats Kentucky. He has significant ties up there, and uh, just uh, want to let him know what he means to my family. And I'm glad we were able to bring the win home for you, Rick. After an open date, we will join you after Tennessee plays Missouri. So, um, uh, also, I'll be uh, joining John Pennington on the Sports Source at 11 a.m. on WATE. So, we hope that you will join us at that time as well. Uh, and also, we want to thank the folks at Window Works. Uh, they make this show uh, possible, so we appreciate that. We appreciate all those that call. We appreciate those that listened as well. With Tim Irwin, this has been Sunday Sports Sound Off.